the studio apartment in 998 Bronson Avenue, Ottawa, Ontario. It's podcast after WrestleMania. I guess this really isn't a studio apartment. No. It's in, just an apartment. It's an apartment with a bunch of very, very um, s- s- rooms that were just made up to fit as many students in them as possible. So you could have said student apartment. Yeah. Too late now. The guy left. The guy was doing our intro. He walked away. Oh. Well, it's probably because we got so, like, plain toned. Because it's still 7.30 in the morning right now. It's early. We got him early, yeah. He was very, it was very good of him to show up. Yeah, he drove time. all the way from the other side of town um, in Vanier, where all you C4 actually, fans... Actually, he, he drove all the way here from Orlando, Florida. That was Doc Gallows uh, oh. doing that voice. Yeah, it Especially was. Especially Doc Gallows. I, uh, I just... Good brother. I um, was actually... I should have realized it, but, you know, I see so many people and stuff like that. Sometimes sure, they sure, just get yeah. kind of blurred. It's been a busy weekend for us, yeah. especially. Yeah, I, I especially feeling um, hungover after uh, Janela's spring break party. I was, Yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. So, what are we going to talk about today? WrestleMania, I guess. WrestleMania. Hi, folks. Things. Welcome to Hoffs and Elbow Drops. Yeah, it's uh, Sean here, the resident beer expert. It's Alex, your very, very, very tired wrestling expert. But after this weekend, I could feel I feel very comfortable calling myself an expert because I watched so fucking much wrestling this weekend. Yeah, he did watch a lot. It was impressive. I watched half as much as he did, I think, maybe. You did your fair share. You put in the put in some work for sure. Yeah. You got to you got to meet Keith Lee and that's the real important thing of the weekend. That is the important <laughs> thing of this weekend. Keith Lee is We have Keith to meet Lee. We need to bask in his glory. For oh Keith Lee. Yes, for sure, for sure. yeah. MVP yeah. of the weekend. I'm just gonna briefly try and go over every bit of wrestling I watched. Okay, you do that. On Thursday, watched Evolve 80, uh, and Joey Janela's Spring Break was at midnight, which I watched on Friday sometime. Um, what, okay. what, wait, before you, before you go into what platform did you use to watch all this? Of course, Flow Slam is a digital streaming service, uh, both live and on demand for independent wrestling. Um, their biggest... The biggest promotion they have ties to is, of course, Evolve, one of the probably second or third most important uh, independent wrestling promotion in the United States of America. Um, they just have an incredible amount of wrestling content. It's more expensive than your average service. Uh, I believe it's about $20 American. Um, so you're putting a little bit of money up front. But uh, in terms of just sheer hours of content between what they put out on a regular basis and um, what they uh, have in their catalog, you really are probably getting more than just about any other service. I mean, listen, I also subscribe to WWE Network and I also subscribe to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So if you don't subscribe to either of those, I would check those out first. But if you've got both those and you're looking for something new, um, look something different and something um, that you haven't seen before, definitely check out Flow Slam. They have all kinds of wild stuff on there. And yeah. they, of course, through a subscription to them, we, I was able to experience three times the wrestling this weekend <laughs> yeah an incredible amount yeah so all of the events that are not WWE events are events I watched on um Joey Janela's Spring Break unless ex- exclusively mentioned otherwise uh yeah so no Flow Slam shit I'm tired Flow man slam. it's early in the morning guys 
we yeah. gotta do this now because there was no other time that really worked no other time it's true the um, time is now the time has come the facts of facts someone on twitter last night asked if the if Shinsuke's, Shinsuke's violin guy could play uh, my time is now it's <laughs> funny jo- okay evolve 80 on thursday Joe yeah. Janelle's spring break at midnight uh, at Thursday midnight or yeah sometime yeah. around there between Thursday and Friday that time on Friday you had oh god some stuff a whole bunch of stuff a lot of Evolve it was Evolve 80, 80 81 was on Friday yeah and there was um, we tried to watch um, the Kaiju Big Battle was at midnight on Friday that was we couldn't mm, do it we're so tired and it, it was also very bad yeah like the guys are having I'm sorry fun, guys but we yeah, couldn't, we couldn't it, do it. Maybe watch one match from Kaiju Big Battle. We also watched the we first maybe match. Maybe we watched the bad match. The first match was pretty yeah silly. Well, I mean, I guess they're all silly, but that one, the costumes were pretty terrible. Yeah, they had a party po- party unicorn. Cam was very disappointed to find out that Unicorn Party was not making a surprise run in at WrestleMania. Yeah, our roommate was very upset. Yeah. Because um, Unicorn Party was pretty awesome. You'll have him on here to talk about Unicorn Party one day. Yeah, one day. Unicorn Party based episode. Unicorn Party. And then on Saturday, um, Saturday evening, of course, I watched NXT Takeover. But then some. I watched the next day on Sunday. I watched something that happened at the same time as NXT Takeover. Uh huh. Which is WWN Live Super Show or something. Yeah. Um, which had a big six-way match where Matt Riddle won the. You watched it the WWN. next day, didn't you? Yeah, that was, I watched it on Sunday. Oh right. Because it was on at the same time as Takeover. Yeah. Um. We watched it before. This was our pre-WrestleMania. Yeah. This was it was it was a the gimmick of the show was Evolve versus um, Progress with some special guests. So the Evolve title, the Progress title, were both defended, and then a special new champion for like a uh, a traveling champion who's like supposed to be the champion of all of the services that that are part of uh, the World Wrestling Network. Um, yeah. Was crowned. That was Matt Riddle. Yeah, and Matt Riddle is the future of. I feel like he's definitely a wrestling. big face. Yeah, big future face of wrestling overall as a. Uh, Matt, uh, Dave he, has said multiple times that he's at a point where he should either be in WWE slash NXT or he should be in New Japan and like. Or he should bring glory. Him and Keith Lee should should bring glory to a, a promotion. Yeah. Rise it from the ashes. Listen. To build I, its king and its top soldier. Apparently, Keith Lee had, or Ring of Honor had Keith Lee under, under contract for a year. They just had him in tag teams and they never even won the titles. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a reason Ring of Honor is going downhill. <laughs> yeah, they need. Man. Like, they just. That guy is brilliant. Keith Lee. He can talk. He's like 350 pounds. Mm-hmm. He can jump. He can do moonsaults. He can. He can do uh, leapfrogs. That's a guy that needs to be in can, WWE or New Japan by like next year. Honestly. Yeah, I don't see him like having like unless he has like good like a long term build of body. He's gonna have a lot of trouble. I feel when he gets older. He's actually not that tall though. So to be honest, he could probably hold himself quite. He looks like he's really strong. Yeah, I don't know how long the the athleticism, the crazy athleticism, is gonna last. But he's not super old either, so he's probably yeah. got it. Long yeah. More time. yeah. And later in his life, he can be. It's later time. Yeah, exactly. Or even oh, or yeah, Mark Henry. You know? people sleep yeah, it is like early in the morning. Sorry. Uh, about that. <laughs> uh, hopefully, the people listening to this podcast aren't sleeping. Um, <laughs> you better not be. 
Yeah, NXT TakeOver. <laughs> then Sunday, of course. You all right, bud? Yeah, you guys better not be sleeping. Anyways. I'll point out that there was a third show happening at the same time as, as NXT, which was the Ring of Honor show, uh, which I have not watched because I'm being very moral about it because uh, I can't afford it and I don't want to really pirate it. But I may find a back channel way to find that Young Bucks versus Hardy's match because apparently that was the best match of the whole weekend. So oh. if you if you have the money, if money is no object, um, on the Ring of Honor website or the Fight app, um, you can purchase. Uh, the replay of that pay-per-view for 30 American dollars. There we go. So that's what happened this weekend uh, other than WrestleMania. Was, yeah, Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's been my last six days or something. Yeah, he's literally gr- just dragging himself through the floor on the way in. Um, he has, like, ec- etchings of WWE and wrestling all over his body. Oh, he. Man. He has like yeah, the real question. The Undertaker tattooed on his forehead, and Heyman Hustle s- literally like scarred into his left. Have the Undertaker's chest. face tattooed on my face. Yeah, yeah. right now <laughs> he just has the whole. It's drawn on. It's not really he tattooed. Has the whole package of the Undertaker. No, I said the Undertaker, face. not Lex Luger. <laughs> Anyways, so. Let's get on to this podcast. Let's talk about... And I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, just do a quick thing about the sure. beer. We did drink a lot of beer. We drank a lot of beer over the weekend. I'm mm. going to name a few of the um, the good ones that we drank. We drank... All of them were pretty good. I didn't have any issues. I think my favorite was um, Octopus Wants to Fight, for sure. Yeah, and it works really well. There was a lot of fighting happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. And um, Octopus Wants to Fight is uh, a classic IPA from Great Lakes Brewing. They are having their, I didn't realize this, but they're having their 30th anniversary this year. Wow. It's incredible. It is incredible for local brewing in this area. Well, they're from Toronto. They've been around for quite a while. Well, obviously, yeah. But um, that must make them one of the earlier microbrews in Canada, right? Yep. Yeah, they're pretty fantastic. They do a lot of great IPAs. They have great can design. It's very cartoonish. Um,. They come out with a variety of great names like Octopus Wants to Fight, Robohop, etc. Mm, I'm thinking, I, I can't really remember. There's a bunch right now. Uh, Pompous Ass English Show. That's like, yeah. But anyways, the the beer itself is um, more of a, more, it's somewhat piney, but a little bit fruitiness coming through, a little bit of citrus. Like I know I'm doing the classic, oh, this IPA has some pine in it and some citrus and a little bit of fruitiness. And there's a quite nice bitter note that follows through in the end. But seriously, that's sort of what was happening in this beer. Um, it's a traditional IPA, basically. Well, with... a, a traditional American style IPA. Yeah, excuse me, pardon um, me. But they, uh, um, from what I understand, they, there's a lot of late edition hop, hop, uh, Late addition hopping to this beer and most IPAs from Great Lakes Brewing, which is also starting to be more of the scene across the uh, IPA scene in, in uh, North America, or at least in this in Ontario at the moment, um, which is pretty fantastic. You get a lot more flavor and aroma, a little less bitterness, a little bit more cloudiness, and a little bit more like, good stuff. Um, it's a really good beer. Uh, another one I was actually quite surprised about, which I had, uh, was the... Um, Monty's Aged Rael from Old Tomorrow. Um, Old Tomorrow, I'm not sure if they've es- escaped the... Co- I think they're a contract brewery, but I might not be. I have to look into it. Sorry for if I've offended anyone and they're not a contract brewery, all that good stuff. 
But they did do a beer with good old, what am I forgetting, John Montgomery, uh, who, if you're from Canada, you'd understand that he was, he, he won. He is a skeleton. Yes, he's a skeleton, and he went down a big slide at one point. The skeleton of a Canadian medal. hero. And he, and he won a gold medal. Uh, and after that, he drank a big pitcher of beer. Uh, seriously, that is <laughs> And like, it all uh, fell uh, down uh, through his ribs uh, and everything yeah. to the floor. It was very disgusting. But they made, um, uh, they, they aged, um, they didn't really say the style, like the type of beer that they used it on, but it's kind of like a, uh, I guess a brown or an, an amber or something like that. A brown, probably. It's not a red, ride. Oh, it's just a red ale. Yeah. I said so, red ale. So, like, it's aged in dark wood, uh, oak wood, and infused with um, Canadian rye whiskey and stuff like that. It made for a really um, pleasant drink. Um, super tasty. If you have the chance, it is now released throughout Ontario for sure because it has this big marketing campaign with John Montgomery. So... That's pretty cool, but... Uh, I'm going to be honest, I looked at the picture they have on the front, which is like <laughs> done very artistically, and I thought it was John McDonald. This one is, yeah. Oh, oh it is. Thing, oh, it's all Canadian they... heroes. I thought it was going yeah. John Montgomery's face. Uh, no, John's is on the side. Oh, I saw that, yeah. yeah. I was like, man... They should have had that on the front. John Montgomery sure looks a lot like John that's, McDonald. That's their logo. Um, and as well, I'll just name one more beer before we go on, because mm. the rest of the time we're just going to talk about wrestling, and I will list some more beers and what we also drank etc on the twitter uh you know i just sounded old there on the twitter the twitter um was i was pleasantly very very happy about this was citra grove from bench brewing they're out of the scarp niagara escarpment they are a really interesting cool brewery coming up they're trying to do the whole like farm brewery thing i believe um they're re um they're re like they're building a their brewery with an old school or something like that it's pretty cool citra grove is uh really interesting it's more of like a hot uh hopped up sour um obviously i'm guessing using citra uh as the main hop choice which i've seen in a variety of other uh hopped uh sours uh like the uh or a, a sour style like um citra gosa which is pretty awesome uh they, they had a little bit of funk to it but it's not overly funky you got some lactobacillus and some breadonomics, and for your not everyday beer fans, those are the things that make a beer go a little bit sour by profile or go a little bit funky in a little bit of interesting ways. So, um, yeah, so it's a really interesting. It has a nice little tart note to it, a little bit of fruitiness from the hops, and a little bit of funkiness from the other things, but not overly too funky, which makes it a very, very interesting and approachable beer. Anyways, that was... The, uh, my highlights of the beer. We also drank a lot of Eternally Optimistic. Drank a lot of it, yeah. Because it comes from Covered Bridge, and it's also a very tasty beer. For some reason, it's in, it's in large supply around yeah. here. <laughs> but it's a very tasty beer, and if you have the chance uh, to get a hold of it, very uh, very good good beer to get. It's a multi-year a multi APA as well, if you're at any LCBO in the area. Is Covered Bridge paying us for this segment? No, they're not. <laughs> um, any, well, I get paid. We got SoundCloud bills to pay. Yeah. Um, if they you're do supply other, a lot of beer. I guess that's payment. If you're if you're a hoppier fan as well, but not super bitter, you always get the la, uh, the uh, lumber sexual from Covered Bridge mm. Brewing. It's available at most uh, LCBOs in the Ottawa area, as well as a few grocery stores. So, anyways, so the session IPA, super tasty. Try it out if you're around. Let's go on the wrestling because I'm wrestling. I'm done with the uh, with the um, 
what's it called when you uh, you verily um, be in one of those people who sells stuff and you are you're, not ashamed you're of shucking your shucking and jiving. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm tired of shucking and jiving. <laughs> Um, I, I think we're gonna go through the and I'm jiving in the other. We're going through the we're gonna go through the WWE events in order, and then after that we can we'll talk about um, the non WWE highlights of the weekend, which there are several of. We're gonna try and get through this at a pretty quick pace. Quick pace because there's a lot to cover, and I'm sure if you guys are are really interested, you've probably already listened to multiple hour long podcasts breaking down WrestleMania. Yeah, so definitely. Um. And if, if that's what you want, there's some of those out there. So, uh, you know, you'll probably know where to find those. I recommend, in particular, uh, Law Radio did a good one. As always, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave Meltzer. Um, can we try and do with all the that one though? With all the wrestlers in the mm-hmm. sheet. Yeah. Can we try to do like a Pokemon thing? Big Show, Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman, El Paulo Cruz, Mojo, Mojo Rawley, Neville, Austin Aries. <laughs> no, it's really hard to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, gotta catch them all. Gotta wrestle them all. Gotta wrestle them all. Gotta wrestle them all. All right. We're going to, very quickly, I'm going to just go over NXT TakeOver. Uh, Sean didn't see this. Uh, he had other commitments that night. What did uh, I do? I don't know. What did you do? I had to do something. Um, I don't know. I think I had some late uh, girlfriend stuff happening. Mm. We had to, we had a commitment of going on a... Oh, oh yes. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You went to, yeah, yeah. Um, dating thing. Like, trip, like, you know, you meet up with other people who are couples and you do that thing. Ew. Um, yeah, so NXT TakeOver uh, was, as far as WWE shows go, I think easily the best show of the weekend. Um, Did it take over the competition? Well, I was told that the Ring of Honor show had the best match of the whole weekend on it, so I guess it didn't really take over in that particular yeah, sense. Yeah, but, but it probably, like, I mean, I, I can't imagine it took over. It, it was, had all of the best. Although I will say that unlike some past years, it wasn't like NXT blew WWE out of the water. Like it was last year with Nakamura versus Zayn, um, and WrestleMania. Because it was in Zayn. It was in Zayn, and also WrestleMania sucked on top of that. So it made <laughs> it made NXT Takeover look even better on top. Whereas this year, NXT Takeover was very good, but like not quite as maybe not quite as good as they usually are. Although that tag match, which is what I've said for like the past five takeovers or something, but well, not the last one, the ones before that. Uh-huh. Uh Anyway, let's just get right into it. Uh, there were only five matches, which is glorious. Um, you had a big f- intentional one match was hundred percent intentional. Um, yeah, some more coffee. I'll be right back. Yeah, so you had a, a what? Just keep going. Okay, you had a four on four tag match uh, with Team Ty Dillinger, which originally was Ty Dillinger, Roderick Strong, No Way Jose, and Ruby Riot against Team Sanity, of course. Um, however, they showed a clip of at Access the the meet and greet the day before, uh, Sanity destroyed No Way Jose. They beat him up and they, no they put him out of the match. No way indeed. Did we go over it again? No way Jose. No, I was just gonna say you said just Jose. It was oh I get I uh, No way I, I ruined I ruined the joke. No way? Jose. No way. No way Jose was Jose. replaced no by one Cassius Ono. The crowd popped huge, oh, which no. it was a really great decision for this crowd because obviously okay. it's WrestleMania weekend. It's a super indie fan crowd. Everyone loves Chris Hero in the entire world. He's perfect. Some people will find him and he's his hero. Chris Hero's their yeah, hero? Yeah, exactly. Oh no. All heroes eventually die. Oh no. Their tag team with Tommy End. Oh, um, no. Who also debuted on this show. Um, 
yeah, they had a really, really good match. Everyone hit a million finishers and big moves, big splashes. Um, it was overshadowed by everything else that happened later that night, but this was a fun little match. Uh, Sanity eventually won, which I guess is because Ty Dillinger, as we're going to find out, was going up to the main roster. Ooh. So, there you go. Um, second match, Cien Almas versus Aleister Black. Uh, it was a debut match, which is they they do a lot of matches like this where it's like someone debuts, they beat someone that's somewhat established, and that's all there is to it. Um, but this was a good match. Cien is really coming into his own on NXT. He's gotten rid of over all the shit they did to him to make him not a star, and he's starting to feel like a star again. Yay! Uh, Alistair Black felt like a star right at the gate. Uh, he, I mean, it's hilarious because the thing that stuck out to me that I still remember from this match more than anything else was. Um, he did this fucking running dive into the ropes and he like landed like like an arrow straight into the second rope and bounced off it and flipped backwards high in the air and landed cross-legged and like meditating and it was pretty fucking rad um alistair black won this as you'd expect Uh, a lot of people thought cn was going up to the main roster uh and he did not appear it may be one of these things that shows up in the superstar shakeup next week I guess we'll have to find out. Uh, either way, that was that. Then we get in the last few matches of the night. The three title matches, the tag, women's, and NXT heavyweight t- championships. All three title matches were great. Um, the women's match was probably the weakest just because it went a little bit shorter. And the finish was uh, sudden and uh, based on cheating. Um, but... All three matches were great. Um, they debuted new belts, belts for everyone in NXT. Um, the tag belts were fine. They're kind of uninspired. Um, they're bigger than the old ones, which is nice, but I don't... I'm not a big fan of them. They're pretty generic. The, especially, and you know what, all of the belts, actually. The the men's and women's belts, very interesting, look the exact same. Um, if, if there's a difference, I'm sure there must be some difference. I'm not sure. I couldn't see it. People posted this side-by-sides on Twitter. I think the men's belt is a bit bigger, and that's it. Other than that, they're identical. Hmm. And it's it's very, very nice to have the NXT women's belt and not have any pink on it, I think. I think that's pretty that's cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's bizarre to have a men's and women's belts that look more or less identical. Which, is it's not necessarily bad. It's just I would like... They're already bland as is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what WWE's love right now is with these really bland belts. All the main roster belts, except for the IC and the United States title, are all bland. Uh, same WWE boring shit. Well, it's probably just a phase. They'll get over it eventually. Yeah, probably. Probably not. No. They're all very into being very generic and bland right now. It's their corporate identity. It's what's best for business, you see. Uh, I guess in... You know, like, the Nakamura Rude match I thought was very good. A lot of people on the internet seem to think it sucked. Um, I think the reason for that is the same reason that Bobby Roode is champion, which is that Bobby Roode wrestles like Triple H. A lot of people find Triple H's style, especially people that are used to indie wrestling and Japanese wrestling, find Triple H's style absolutely infuriatingly boring. Uh, and I'll admit sometimes he when he's with the wrong guy it absolutely can be pretty rough um and i did think his wrestle we'll get into it maybe but i think his wrestlemania match went a little bit too long probably and he could have done some other things to, to kind of get the crowd into it because they weren't really buying it but either way bobby Roode is definitely wrestles a triple h a very style recently a triple h which is why he's champion 
because obviously Triple H likes that, and that's why people find his match. Some people find his matches boring. I thought Triple H versus Nakamura was a good match. The crowd was really into it. Um, yeah, I had no problems with it. Like I said the women's match was very good. It's so refreshing to see Oscar in the ring with someone that can actually go. She's been wrestling Billy Kay and Peyton Royce for what seems like a thousand years. Yeah, and it's like I love those two girls, but like they're not there yet. And it's gonna be really good to get this women's tournament, get a whole bunch of women that can actually go. Excuse me, like a whole bunch of women that can actually go in NXT and not be forcing these these people that are probably women that are not ready yet into like the the highest spotlight in NXT. By the way, yeah. um, I thought this was pretty funny. So this is as a, a call back to Ethan Page. Mm-hmm. Sorry about this, guys. Um, but he's tweeted, I just say the stuff everyone thinks. Just too afraid to be disliked. As long as my wife, my hot wife and dogs love me, you can all kiss my, kiss my ass. So I think people, if you're listening to this, you should follow um, Ethan and then reply to him. We're thinking the same thing, Ethan. And then make a quip about his hot wife and his dogs liking you too. Be a good time. Anyways. I'm going to get heat with Ethan Page. That's what I'm trying to um, do because he's around our area. It's true. We're going to see him at C4 Wrestling in Ottawa, Ontario. Yeah. Um, the highlight of the whole show and one of the highlights of the whole weekend. I mean, this Young Bucks versus Hardys may be the best match of the weekend. I haven't seen it yet. The clips I've seen are fucking nuts, including... Matt Jackson uh, being on a ladder. Matt Hardy pushes it over. As it's falling over, he steps to a second ladder, which then gets knocked over as he's stepping onto it, from which he jumps to the ropes and then springboards off them for a flip through a table. Matt Jackson is is a maniac. Yeah. A maniac, maniac, I know. Um, But this tag team match on NXT was... Out of this world. Uh, it ended a little flat. It was a three-way elimination match between the Authors of Pain, the Revival, and DIY. DIY, thank you. Um, and at DIY was the first team out, and everything after that was just filler for the for the Authors of Pain to murder the Revival and get their pin. Yeah. But the first like two, three quarters of the match was a beautiful, beautiful thing of this this story that the Revival hates DIY so much but they have to they know they have to work together to beat the Authors of Pain because they're so big and like it led to all this stuff with like um well we don't have really have time to go into in great detail but the most important thing is to a point where Scott Dawson and Johnny Gargano when they're in the ring and they look at each other from opposite corners and either Akam or Razar is in the middle of the ring like on his knees and they both shrug, and then they both like put their arms up in the air to like cue DIY's finisher, and they run and do like kicks to his head, which is DIY's finisher. And then as they're going to try and get him into some sort of pinning situation, the other member of the Authors of Pain runs in, and he runs at um, uh, Gargano and and uh, what did I say Dawson? I think it was Dawson. Gargano and Dawson. So like they, they like kind of simultaneously roll out of the way as Champa and Wilder jump in the ring and Champa picks up the author of pain and throws him into the air and Wilder catches him for the shatter machine and them doing each other's finishers with each other was like the best possibly the best moment of the entire weekend honestly for me it was it was so good it was such a natural capstone to this story they've told uh since like SummerSlam or NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2 uh so that was the highlight of the show 
it was unfortunate for the women's match because they did have a very good match, but they had to follow one of the you know two or three best matches the whole weekend. Yeah. So where um, is this leaving NXT in it all? Like, well, we had no title changes. We've seen the revival got called up. Nakamura got called up. Um, your natural next title heavyweight title programs. Uh, presumably, Chris Hero is going to get that feud yeah. next. Uh, I don't know who else, unless well, Rude's a heel, so you can't use CN. Uh, Roderick Strong, I guess, is kind of in a position, but they haven't. They built Hero more than they built him, and Hero's only been around for like you know a month or two. Um, the Drifter <laughs> is gone. I think the Drifter's coming back as uh, La Vegabonda. Because apparently that's a character he plays on the road with NXT. Because he didn't debut. The Drifter and La Vegabond. La Vegabonda. He's in a luchador. I don't. I don't think they're they're connected in any way. Anyways. <laughs> El Vegabond. <laughs> so he's like. Anyways. He's a luchador that plays a guitar. I don't know what, <laughs> what connection you could possibly see between him and the Drifter. Good move by NXT. Anyways, for doing that. If they do 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 that, that'd be great. Anyways, um, yeah, NXT, it's going forward. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be watching the program. Oscar's turned heel. She's turned into full Ric yeah. Flair. She started wearing very, very fancy clothes. She was wearing fancy clothes. Oh, you dressed like, the, the, like that sundress she wore. Like or it was like a, yeah, a, a, she a was flower-covered a, pantsuit with like white and flowers on it. Well, no, she was wearing a dress. It was like a sundress, right? But no, I'm talking about like afterwards when she had our contract signing, she was wearing mm. very like businesswoman type of stuff. Yeah. But like overall, like... NXT going forward looks like it's there's it's room a new for era. <laughs> there's room for people to be coming up. I think there's gonna be basically right now you got Drew Galloway coming in. Yes. Um, oh, that's true. Drew Galloway's him and Chris Hero are gonna be in that title a, picture. Cassie like, Sono. The guys from Drew McIntyre and Cassie Sono. You mean? Yeah. You know that they're gonna be pulling people from. Uh, maybe this would be a good point time to pull people from uh, from two hundred five live like Drew. Gula, I guess Drew like. Gulag's He's doing in a storyline, but but like pull some people from that. Pull some people from your well. The UK guy they television. wanted to pull from the cruiserweight classic didn't sign with them. Yeah, but so they were gonna make Kota Ibushi like the next NXT champion right yeah. away. <laughs> but what I mean is um, also Hideo Itami's back from injury, so he's a good candidate yeah. to be in that spot as well. He yeah. I, well, all I'm saying is like you got you. There's room for people. I don't think you're gonna be seeing like. Unless you're Tyler Bates, but he's already he's already. I think they're doing a UK championship show, so um, that's where he's going to be. Which I guess I guess keeps them in the UK because they're do they're doing a bunch of dates in the UK. A lot of those guys, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, all I'm saying is um, you're going to have some room. I don't think they're going to be doing all this. There's not. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people coming up through the WWE talent pool currently. Maybe this don't their talent pool is like a little like I'm talking about like the guys who are fully WWE developmental. Who have just you know? Oh, like you mean classic, from, from from their training school? Their training school. I um, feel like their training school right now because they're pulling so many of these indie stars. Maybe aren't they're developing right now? But like that's what all of NXT has been has been indie stars, but like the occasional homegrown talent. Like how many? I mean, I'm just saying. How many homegrown talents have been come through NXT that are now in the main roster or are still in NXT that are stars? The, like the women. They yeah. did a really great job with the women. Uh, like I think of them, only Becky Lynch had a real indie career like maybe Bailey did a little bit but like I mean Charlotte they built 100% from scratch yeah but Baron Corbin who's boring American Alpha is awesome and they did made them for sure um but like yeah no that's, that's a good like, thing I'm saying they're just gonna like it's cool to see yeah Adam Cole indie. could be in 
Yeah, NXT it, with by middle of May. Well, is if people are offloading from Ring of Honor, I'm just saying it's going to yeah. be really interesting going forward. Maybe in the next six months, mm-hmm. NXT is probably going to look a lot different from what it does now. They're going to try and beef up the SmackDown roster. It's um, very true actually because NXT now looks a lot like it did last year, yeah, like a it, one full <clears throat> year ago. Because like you know, you still got Nakamura and Bobby Roode who were both at that show. Though Roode was just making an appearance, he wasn't wrestling. You also have the women's um, tournament coming up. Uh, That's which also means they're going to pull deal, yeah. more people through, and you're going to get you already see from like what the WWE is doing at the the main event level. There's more women involved with they're having at least two to three women matches mm-hmm. like almost every show, um, which is like great for them. Um, and I it also what, means yeah. like it just will beef up. Maybe you'll start to see a little bit of a diversification of the women's belts. Maybe they'll have a women's tag team championship. Uh, they really like could do that, and I, I know people are like, oh my god, did you see WrestleMania? But like when they're doing those single brand pay-per-views, they really do need more. They don't actually need more, because I, I do like but, that that style, that two-and-a-half-hour show, but it'd be great if they can have a second like legit what about, women's match sto- with a story. What about more 10-minute matches, less 20-minute matches? You know what I mean? Like, Oh, on WrestleMania. Or just overall, like, in, in, in the shows or pay-per-views. I mean, there's always short short matches, but like... You could just die, increase your. I don't belt. want, them, but I don't want them to be just throwing more women on there to have short matches. You no, know, I, I like that style that they did. What they're doing with the pay now, where they have like four or five twenty-minute matches and go home in like two hours or two and a half hours. I guess I what I'm saying is, if you're gonna increase your talent pool, you're gonna have to make some more room for. Well, that's some true, more but you could also that, like just. You know, it's. It, I think they could do it so that there's not talent. You just make it a bigger deal to have a pay per view match. Like right now, it's like pretty much everyone gets to have a pay per view match. Where it's like, I feel like once upon a time, like, no, that's not true. The no, Godfather it, and there's always been Savio it, Vega. The whole and, point is that everyone gets these. You know, Savio Vega had a WrestleMania match against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, well, the thing is, what well, all it is is, uh, they want to get people fighting and wrestling and stuff like that. But hey maybe making it like some more triple threat like I guess six six person tag matches during those events sometimes that's fun sometimes well is but, the, here's the that's I do agree with that though yes if you're, like put on a ten minute big silly tag match for sure yeah that you get lots of people through it but like make it the one thing that New Japan does and I know a lot of people are going to be groaning right now when you hear me say what New Japan talking about New Japan on this WWE Focus podcast episode but um the one thing New Japan does and WWE couldn't do this exactly. It wouldn't fit with what they've been doing for so many years. But they, most of their card is just big tag matches. And, like, all the stars get on the card, and they all wrestle each other. And no one really gets hurt by losing because there's a big tag match, and only one guy has to take the pin. And even the guy that takes the pin, it's like, well, it's a giant tag match. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and then you just have a handful of singles matches. So when people actually wrestle each other in a singles match, it feels meaningful. So you're still seeing everybody. Like, yeah. Every, basically, almost every pay per view, you see every single person that wrestles for New Japan, which or all cool. the important ones, which is which is awesome, yeah. And it's, they don't have two brands, you know. They yeah. have a big roster. Maybe like you can see how well like they're they're focusing on with these tournaments now. Maybe like well, it makes the G one such a big deal because oh, sorry. I'm saying for WWE, it mm-hmm. might be about time that they start focusing on a mid year tournament. Oh man, that would be so awesome. Right? I, like, I, they're not gonna. Like, I don't think they're gonna do it, but like no, but like. I feel like you could make it more like every year make this tournament because like New Japan's the G1 doesn't get a lot of theatrics to it doesn't it it's just no no it's a very classical sports style tournament because I feel like the WWE having well I guess like 
you know, having a legitimate... And this tournament will go over, like, three or four months. Like, have it a little bit more mm. theatrical. Like, every week there's a match to do with this tournament on one of the shows. And it's just... you Or you do it like this. You have SmackDown, and I know this will eat up some time, but you create mini feuds within the tournament. And you do, like... You're going to have Raw versus... Like, you have your Raw representative, and you have your SmackDown representative. And you build them through. Maybe throw a little bit of intergender match through there at some point when they're ready for that. Oh uh, like, yeah, like we're talking. That's that's yeah, well yeah, down the five, line. That's yeah. a long time from but th- now. But this is gonna happen. This wouldn't happen tomorrow for the WWE, right? Like this is something because they don't like to do this stuff. Well, but, I t- could see King of the Ring coming back, which is not a tournament anywhere close to the size of G One, but it'd be something. And they bring it up for some. The problem series. is that Vince doesn't love tournaments. Triple H loves tournaments. <laughs> And Triple H is doing all the terms of running all the really So that's something we could see in the future is a giant WWE Well, tournaments tournament. are good for creating short-term, interesting feuds. And it's it's a great chance to get little-known guys, awesome yeah. matches. Well, look at that. We just watched this, or well, what, I what, just watched what, this match from, from back in the day. Shelton Benjamin versus Shawn Michaels on Raw, yeah. considered one of the great WWE matches of all time. Probably the best singles match of his career and the most important one of his career. And it just happened because in a tournament, he drew Shawn Michaels' name. Yeah, and, and that's it, just a great way to get exposure on these guys that you don't have time for because you have a giant roster. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to build feuds around them. It, it, it works it's, out it's well. It's such a natural thing for, especially a, in wrestling. Like it's, it's just supposed it's, to be about a, a sports TV yeah, show. It's a theory. theatrical. I, mean, I love the theatrics, but you know, a theatrical sp- um, like version of uh, of um, Street Fighter. These guys it's, are international. They're fighting each other at the world stage. Like getting pulled off, and like it's no wonder that um, the American Street Fighter movies turned out so terrible when they their reference for like fighting tournaments is WWE. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, well, and the thing is, like the like, only not, the only thing with a dumber storyline than storylines than Street Fighter. Like I don't know, there's so many cool things that you could have happen. You know, like, who decides on these things? Like I was gonna say, like something cool, like you just have like these tournaments, and then you build to a larger like massive international mm-hmm. I guess that's what um, what culture is doing right now yes I'm very much looking forward to we watched most of their English qualifier their Scottish qualifiers up now their German qualifiers happening this weekend yeah. uh, no no big Van Walter unfortunately oh. it's too bad he's the only German wrestler I know besides <laughs> Axel Dieter who's yeah. also supposed to be good um, looking forward to that Canadian qualifier let's get Vampiro in there yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eat, all I bet Ethan Page is going to be in oh, that tournament oh definitely definitely he's 100% locked yeah. Probably people. Michael Elgin, because he seems to do every single thing in the world. Yeah. The only real question is... What? Kenny Omega. The greatest wrestler in the world. Oh, but Chris Jericho. He's also Canadian. I don't think his contract will allow him to do that. Because even when he's brought touring with Fozzy, he's still under contract of some sort. Oh, okay. So he pushes, pushes WWE merch during his Fozzy shows? He may, honestly. Probably. Um. Yeah. Anyways. Well, the real question, does he push his Fozzy merch during his WWE tours? Might he might. Um, um, anyways, yeah. So let's let's keep going with stuff because we're, we're yeah. We, we haven't even got to WrestleMania yet. <laughs> I mean, we don't really have to cover all. No, the, um, everyone's heard so much about mm-hmm. the matches. I think we should just do. Like, you guys, we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna like, rapid fire it here. Yeah, we don't have to really even go over the matches. We just gotta go over the important things. How about let's 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 go over every single match, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna say like within five seconds, the most memorable or important thing about that match. Agreed. All right. Neville versus, Neville versus Austin Aries. Um, I was just gonna go in. I was yeah. gonna try and do it from memory in order. But I guess we get, let's. I'll I guess do we'll, them because you'll you'll be able to. Uh, okay. Right, Neville go. versus Austin Aries. Uh, 
just a, a good little match. Suffered from being on the pre-show, um, but I think they're building to a bigger match down the road where they get more time. That eye poke was definitely never that didn't exist. Um, Neville won clean. Austin already sold it like hell though. Yeah, it no. sounded like he had had a fucking eyeball gouged out. Yeah. And the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Piece of shit. Yeah. Rob Gronkowski is the weirdest proportioned human being who's ever lived. <laughs> That's why he's such a good football player. It's because oh, for weird sure. proportionalized people are good at sports sometimes. I mean, he looks like he could be a basketball player, honestly. Probably with his was at some span. point. He yeah. probably was in high school, in university. Well, yeah. Um, and, yeah. And fuck Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, exactly. Someone suggested to um, Adam Blompier, now known as Plumpy, uh, that... Yeah, he does call uh, because that that they should, Raw and SmackDown should have a gigantic interpromotional match, the biggest match you could ever make, Mojo Raleigh versus R Truth. Yeah, so true. <laughs> I don't agree with the R Truth statement. That downs him as an individual. <laughs> he is wonderful. Anyways, um, next up would have been I guess the start AJ, of the show. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, it, no. Dean versus Baron. Uh, yeah. Um. Should have been a street fight. Why did they make it a street fight on the Raw or the SmackDown afterwards? Uh, they ju- no, I think no. they just didn't have room for it, um, and well, they didn't making... want to take they they didn't want to take away from AJ and Shane. They didn't want to take away from the end matches. They didn't want to take from the Hardy also, Boys return. Yeah, they I also just, think they're yeah. trying to um, push a little bit now that they're making SmackDown and Raw after WrestleMania such a big thing. It mm. never when I was younger, it wasn't as yeah a, a spectacle. Yeah, um, I think that's what they're trying to focus on too. So they say yes. I guess they saved the big match. Yeah, exactly. And they had enough matches on the card. They didn't. I mean, I would have liked to see these two guys get a crazy hardcore match, but um, it wasn't to be. Anyways, so then we start the show with AJ and Saint. Surprisingly, very good match. Better than anyone could have ever expected. Um, We everyone like this. Yeah, they uh, did a great job in that match. AJ Styles has a job for life. Yeah, basically, (laughs) he's able. He was able to make. He's able to give Shane, Shane McMahon an excellent wrestling match. Yeah, and I think Shane was really happy about that. Yeah. He's your bosses. Some of his stuff. some of his MMA holds looked a little weak, but other than that, like you couldn't have asked for anything more. This was a yeah. lot of fun, even though I was a little bit annoyed. You know, there's like, oh, it's the boss's son getting offense against the best wrestler in the world. But this is WWE, and this went about as well as you could ever have hoped. So I, thought I was you were happy gonna, with it. Yeah, Wait. I thought you were gonna get be like, I was annoyed that this match was actually decent. <laughs> I, I wanted to hate this. this match. Yeah, I, which, but no, I'm glad it was good. Uh, and AJ, you know, AJ's the best in the world. Yep. Next is uh, oh, Owens and Jericho. Jericho. Great match. Uh, it wasn't exactly yeah. super memorable. It was no. pretty quick. It was just because if they had been like if they had gotten like one of the last three or four matches on the card, they would have had a lot bigger and better like if they got in the triple a yeah. Rollins spot this would have been a crazier better match exactly just where they were on the card they had the match they were supposed to have which yeah. was like very very good not spectacular yeah. um solid uh yeah, the most memorable it? part is obviously owens uh, breaking the pin with the one finger on the yeah. ropes yeah a call to the picture mm-hmm. the painting which absolutely is yeah and then just finishing it with one uh pop-up or one powerbomb the apron which is it's a very deadly finisher, though. I was heard people talking about um, how, this like, you know, early in the show, it's good to have not a lot of kickouts from crazy moves because, you know, you build up finishers as legit. So later in the show, when you do the 17 kickouts, it means more. Yeah. Um, Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, our next, next match was the women's match, I believe. The yeah. raw fatal four-way for the women's title. Um, 
I love this match too. Uh, they didn't get as much time, and there are a couple botches here and there, but you know they worked really hard. Uh, the triple power bomb, sh the shield power bomb yeah, on Nia cool. early was awesome. Yeah. Uh, with the triple cover, I listened to Stone Cold review this match, and he was suggesting that like Nia should have kicked out of that like just after three, and it would have made her look like even more of a monster. That's true, actually. Uh, and that was a good. And he even mentioned like a month ago at Fastlane that Braun should have done the same thing against Roman. He should have kicked out just after three to make them look strong. Yeah, which is they don't do that spot anymore. It's funny because I see I've seen it happen in old stuff or in New yeah. Japan, and it gets really confusing. But like they used to do that spot all the time. Yeah, like, but. Whatever, it's the way they do things now. It still made Nia look like a million bucks. She's looked very strong. Um, they didn't do the Sasha heel turn like a lot of people were expecting. Uh, it just came down to, to Bailey and Charlotte at the end. Charlotte kind of fucked up the, um, the turnbuckle spot, so it was kind of confusing. But it, it, it translated to the home audience. I think in the crowd, people might have been confused. Yeah, but whatever. I thought this, yeah, this was a great match. I think it, the, the first three matches, the Shane, AJ. Shane, AJ was probably the best of the three. But those first three matches were all very, very rock-solid matches. Not yeah. spectacular, all-time classics, but, like, you know, you're never going to complain about matches like that. Exactly. Very entertaining for the show. Mm -hmm. uh, then we went on to the... Uh, Is that the ladder match? No, it's the ladder match. The Hardys show up. <laughs> Man. Did I tell you the Hardys? They showed did, up? Did anyone hear about the Hardy bros? They were, they were Hardy, at... Hardy boys. Man, it's incredible that they wrestled... Um, They're... They wrestled the Young Bucks in an insane ladder yeah. match and then the next literally the next day they came and did this thing at WWE and and uh, like people told this story about like meeting the Hardy Boys in the hotel while Wrestlemania was going on and they were like oh man we're so fucking tired you know we're just going up to, to bed to rest ah, and they snuck out the back to go to the stadium so good and they like they weren't even in the building until five minutes before they walked out like they had them in a paneled band they were hiding them from everybody and all this stuff like that's the same thing they did with yeah. AJ Styles and they brought him at the Royal Rumble that's cool it's so cool and like this was probably the best match on the show. Um, like, everybody got to do great stuff. Enzo and Cass had that spot where Enzo couldn't climb the ladder, so Cass carried him on his shoulders. Um, like, Gals and Anderson just beat people up, which is, you know, their job. Cesaro swung, I think it was Anderson. Like, 20 times. It was insane. It was an insane number of swings. Probably the, maybe the most he's ever done, nah, potentially. Yeah, he's done more. In one sitting? Periodic. Yeah, not like, and he did it, like... The Royal Rumble, he did a lot, too. Yeah, he did, like, a bunch. Remember when he, at the Royal yeah. Rumble, he tried to do Big E, and he was just so tired that he couldn't do it? Yeah. He may have been dizzy, too, honestly, because yeah. he had swung, like, five people at that point. So, um, yeah, and uh, Jeff jumped Jeff off a massive ladder. Jeff did the It's hilarious, too, because, like, it, so you, if you were there, you would have easily seen Jeff, like, moving the ladder. But if you're on the TV, audi in the TV audience, all you see is, like, <laughs> the ladder corner, moving on its own. Corner, a little thing. It's, like, Jeff kind of, like, 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 slow, like, the, everything's going on in the ring or whatever. All of a sudden, you see they have, they set up these ladders along the ringside, along the ring and the uh, barrier, and uh, all of a sudden you see this ladder like shimmying over, and it's like just Jeff, who's like not even half the size of this ladder, um, moving over. And you're like, oh, hey, this looks familiar, and then Cesaro and Sheamus end up on the ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeff goes up. Does the Swanton bomb? On to basically just Seamus. No, sorry, just Cesaro. Yeah. And Seamus has to roll off on his own. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> honestly, seeing Jeff climbing that 20-foot ladder, like, I felt like I was watching something from 2001, you know? It yeah. was it was surreal to see that. And I know, you know, he's a madman. He'll do anything. But, like, he really did turn the clock back. It was it was crazy. And yeah. I think it's just going to lead to some really good matches. Well, especially considering that they came out to their, like, early 2000s music with boys with a Z and, like... Yeah. 
Did they change up that music other than? No, it was the exact same music from because they they, later yes later in their career they had different music and they were called uh, the Hardy Boys with an S. Oh really? Or just the Hardies maybe? Yeah, I think it was just the Hardies. Um, Matt suggested they were were on Raw Talk after Raw, which is like a shitty version of Talking Smack, which they only have once in a while. And Matt Matt suggested that they now that they're both older and have children should be called the Hardy Men. Ah, (laughs) Um, On Twitter, Matt has said that. Returning home and obtaining championship gold has suppressed his condition, if it can be contained. Okay, so I think up they're long... they may build to a storyline where they, they do broken? a WWE version of the broken storyline, so that it's yeah. not copyright infringing. I think they're going to become broken at the same time, though, and I don't think it would be as long. Honestly, they they if they build it out long enough and they give the them a full tag team reign, they could do the the original story, which was that. They did Matt versus Jeff, Jeff yeah, you know. and Jeff broke Matt. Yeah, I, I don't know the if they is, would go that deep. Maybe it'll just be like whenever they lose the titles. Because they're, they're coming back to it. They're like they've been like recovered, right? So oh, they're, man. they're just in like a stasis of a of a thing. Like they're it's like be... they've they've literally gone back in time. Yeah. Or they're just like, Rebby yeah. Hardy posted this amazing thing, which is like in I think it's in China. You'll you'll probably have seen this before, but it's in China, you know, when broken pottery. They didn't destroy it or anything. They fixed it, but it's they didn't fix it by replacing it with what it used to be made of. They fixed it by putting gold in where it was broken. Mm. And, so, and she was like, you know, gold doesn't fix forever. It's only temporary. So it's like the championship gold is is right. filling the cracks and broken Matt Hardy. And they had this beautiful picture of like a clay pot with like little seams of gold running through. That's it. pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's I'm a great metaphor. Yeah, for sure. Um, what happens next? Oh, are we into Triple H versus? Yeah, that would be. What else? It. What else? That came later. Uh, yeah, Triple that H came versus. Later. Yeah, it's Triple. Oh versus. no, Cena, Cena, and Nikki. Oh right, it was um, a fun match. There was a proposal. There, there was, was a match fight. beforehand where Cena, <laughs> Cena goes asking for by Miz for like eight minutes, and then uh-huh. Nikki beat up everybody, and then they did the double. You can't see me five knuckle shuffle. Yeah, and then it was over, and then John Cena proposed. Yay! And, and I'll, I'll neither of them were on there. SmackDown last night. Oh, actually, excuse me. Both of them were on SmackDown last night. And John Cena said, uh, "I love you, Nikki." And Nikki had a ring that was enormous, so enormous you might even be confused and thinking it was literally a ring pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Miz and Maurice played did their Nikki and John Cena impression live last night on SmackDown. It was great. So yeah, this yeah. So that's that thing done. Uh, then it was Seth and Triple H, I believe, unless we're missing. Well, no, nope, that, that's yeah. it. That's Seth it. and Triple H was a very good match. It was very really long. Happy, but it, yeah. A lot of people on the internet didn't like it because I liked it. Well, because a lot of people don't like Triple H matches. I think is the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it probably was a little bit too long, but they eventually did get the crowd into it at the end. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I think it. Seth it, slayed the king. Seth did slay the king. It got him over. It's a huge win for him. Triple H looked at a sledgehammer. Didn't really use um, it. Um, Stephanie McMahon took a bump to her table. Yeah, good for her. And then so Triple H was so distracted that he, he uh, got hit by the pedigree. Yeah. So the real question is: Rollins going to debut a new finisher now? Because he Sometimes said he have a new yeah. finisher after he beat Triple H, which he has now. So uh, we'll find out. We'll yeah. see. Um, then we went into Wyatt versus Orton, I believe. Was it that, or is it Goldberg versus Lesnar? No, Goldberg versus Lesnar was after. So, Wyatt versus Orton, weakest match in the show. Uh, It was a bunch of cool, light tricks and no substance. Yeah. Um, I guess there was a Sister Abigail into the barricade at one point, which was kind of fun, but... 
it really only it basically ended with uh with, with a really like surprising ending which i guess they like to say that randy orton comes out of nowhere but it, it came out of like, so so out of nowhere it did not fit in the flow of the story at all no, it made exactly no sense. Yeah. so yeah it almost makes me think that like the ref was just told, ah, shit, we're out of time. You gotta go now. And so he's just like, all right, fuck it. Match over. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, like, whatever. Whatever. This, this um, is gonna continue on. Yeah. I tell you, if this House of Horrors match isn't great and fun, then this has probably been one of the worst championship feuds in WWE history. And there have been a lot of bad ones. I don't know about that. Um, so, championship feuds. Yeah. Like, well, Snitsky champi- punting a baby was not a championship feud. I I, there are some pretty bad championships. <laughs> oh, so. You're right, though. Um, Goldberg versus Lesnar, probably one of the five best sub-five-minute matches of all time. Ryan Alvarez, time to claim, tried to claim it was the best one ever on Twitter. I think nah. people have silently put him in his place. I found this match. A while back, someone posted like a list of great matches on Reddit. They were all under 10 minutes. And some of those were sub-five minutes. And like, there's one that's from New Japan or from Pro Wrestling Noah in the early 2000s that's Kenta now Hideo Itami versus I forgot what this guy's name was but he just like and the the guy dived out of the ring onto Kenta on his way to the ring they got in the ring they just hit finishers on each other for like three minutes and then it finished with a cross arm breaker submission it was all high octane offense but it was like two small guys so yeah. they were doing everything twice as fast as Lesnar and Goldberg going which is pretty cool still though this was high on octane high impact Goldberg took 10 suplexes. I don't know what you ever could have asked for more out of this match, honestly. This was yeah. probably the best match they were ever going to have, assuming that Goldberg really can't go longer than that. Yeah. But yeah. even if... Here's the thing. Even if Goldberg could have gone, like, 15 minutes, I still think this match would have been better because of the story they've been telling with these Goldberg and Lesnar matches because it's like... It wasn't just like, oh, Brock, you know, made him fight for longer and then won. It was like, Brock proved anything you can do, I can do better, you know? Exactly. So I like that. So, next match was the women's matches. No. Yes. No. Yes, yeah. it was. Sorry. SmackDown women's match. Um, yeah. <clears throat> unfortunately, they got their time cut drastically short. Uh, they had about, I think, seven minutes. Or, yeah, seven minutes. Um, they got everything in they could. Unfortunately, Natalia's double sharpshooter failed, which is too bad because I would that looked so good. Yeah. But I think if they had a little more time and she wasn't so rushed, she might have been able to do it. It looked yeah. ridiculous. Um, Naomi, Naomi won. won. Yeah. Yeah. I like her James, submission. She's got yeah. a new submission. It looks pretty cool. James Ellworth trying to kick someone in the face. Becky yeah, Lynch. Becky fucking decked him. That was yeah. awesome. that was that was like the second best part of the match was yeah. Becky murdering James Ellsworth. So then we jump on to the, the main event, event. Roman Reigns <laughs> versus the Undertaker. Taker loses sadly. He leaves all his stuff in the ring. The Rip end. The end Undertaker. of an era. Roman Reigns will be able to say for the rest of his career that he retired the Undertaker. Yeah. And like, Hooray for slowly that. Slowly killed him over like 10 minutes, 5 minutes on the end of the match. Yeah. We're going to see Roman Reigns beat up a 50 year old man yeah. in the main event of WrestleMania. Perfect ending, though. I'm glad they had JR out there to that. announce it. That was awesome. Perfect um, ending to it with The Undertaker laying down his stuff. Absolutely. Leaving, the gong goes mm-hmm. off. He did the fist raise, and then he got yeah. lowered into the stage. Yeah. Um, JR had signed a two year deal with WWE, so he'll be doing. No one knows exactly what he'll be doing. Presumably, he'll be announcing big matches on big shows and doing yeah. maybe some uh, network stuff. Um, this is presumably partly at least to stop him from doing World of Sport, um, which is a whole thing I don't necessarily want to get into right now. Uh, we may do a whole episode on the, what's happening in the UK sometime because it's nuts, but um, he's still going to be doing the, TV, the New Japan TV show, or the American version of the New Japan TV show. Um, until his contract is up at least because he has about another year left on his contract with them so WWE's agreed to work with them 
Dave mentioned that it's probably the first time in the history of this business that the same announcer has worked for the two biggest companies in the world at the same time. So that's pretty cool. Um, I guess we're, we're getting pretty close to wrapping up. It's been a pretty long episode, but um, just quickly, Raw and SmackDown, the big news. Uh, Revival are on Raw. Finn Balor returned. Kurt Angle's the GM. All moves I think we're happy with, despite maybe some storyline stuff with Finn Balor. Dillinger and Nakamura are on SmackDown. Uh, that's... I think it looked like Nakamura's going to be his first fusing meet with The Miz, which is um, not the best, but it would be fine. Yeah. Because um, presumably he's going to murder The Miz. But uh, it all depends. We're getting this superstar shakeup next week, which is, I no one knows what the fuck that is, so whatever. Um, yeah, the direction going forward is going to be pretty interesting. Um, they got a lot of stuff going on. Nakamura being on the main roster really changes the dynamic, especially on SmackDown, assuming they don't lose styles, which who knows? True that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the trades are next week. Is there any, let's give it like three guys on SmackDown you think we'd be better, or three people on SmackDown you think we'd be better on Raw, three people on Raw you think we'd be better on SmackDown? Uh, okay, definitely Sami Zayn on SmackDown. I agree. Uh, looks way better. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else on, uh, from, okay, so that's one person from Raw over to SmackDown, mm-hmm. another person on Raw over to SmackDown. Um, why am I not? Up with names, uh, person from SmackDown that would look better on Raw. I don't, I guess, like, I do kind of see your Dean Ambrose idea mm-hmm. working. Uh, oh, yeah, Braun going from Raw to SmackDown would work. Uh, having to another like having a big guy on SmackDown might be really that's useful. true because they don't have any big guys like Kane, except he's a little busy at the yeah. moment, as we've discussed. Yeah, uh, and then uh, there has to be a uh, I think uh, Natalia looks better on Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives her a little bit better competition to deal with. Like everyone else, really good on is on good, great on SmackDown. Yeah, it's just I feel Natalia would fit into that mold a little bit more, and maybe would have a chance to actually win because they're they're not pushing any. They're pushing new people on SmackDown. They're not pushing new or well, I guess they're still all new, but they're pushing established people on Raw. Yeah, and Natalia's established, so that puts her into that 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 grouping a lot better. Mm. Um. And the pre- uh, women from Raw has to jump over that way, so there's not a lot of women on Raw. Um, um, maybe not anyone. I'm from- thinking, based on what they did on Raw, that Charlotte may be moving to SmackDown. That would be um, good. That would be, be interesting. Especially, it does make sense if you think there's a Sasha Banks heel turn in the works. Yeah. Because I don't know if they necessarily want to have Sasha and Charlotte as allies, even if both as heels. Yeah. And Sasha would obviously probably be the top heel, and they want Charlotte to be the top heel of any division she's in. Yeah, that's true. Um, and the way they had fucking Nia Jax level her. Only after question their match. is, yep, um, are all the people on Total Divas on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. Good question. Because that might be part of it. Um, that's the reason why, like, they're all there. Uh, it could be actually. I'm trying to think of anyone else that would want to make the jump over. Braun. Like, is there anyone else um, that really comes to mind? That should be on SmackDown? That's on Raw right now? Yeah. I mean, The Revival, but I don't think they're going to swap them because they just no, got there. Exactly. Um, we talked about The New Day possibly going to SmackDown. I think that would actually be, work really well. It would be also an injection be able, of star power for sure. And also you'd be able to uh, like bring, bring The New Day to SmackDown and in the next little bit, 
debut Sanity on Raw. Yeah, I think get another fact Sanity is going to come they up. They need like a spooky crew on Raw. They it's don't have true. I think they might wait until the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton finish story is finished because Sanity is kind of a lot like the Wyatt family. Maybe like Bray will, or Randy will banish the Wyatts and they'll all be off TV for a little bit and then you can bring Sanity in in that time and then yeah. the Wyatts come back as like baby faces to fight Sanity or something. I don't know. Maybe. I always like faction versus faction storylines. And yeah. So yeah, we'll see. So, New Day on SmackDown. SmackDown though. Yeah. We would give Big E the opportunity to act like a star. Yeah, they, they might give him be. more singles push. Kofi yeah. might be able to get some. Uh, I I feel like the well, they can right put Kofi in the Money in the Bank because uh, yeah. they need they're gonna need people for that Money in the Bank ladder match. And also, like, Co- who's gonna be I in think... the Money in the Bank ladder match? Um, Ziggler, Apollo Cruz, Ty Dillinger, yeah. I think, uh, Kalisto. Yeah. yeah. Kofi, I guess as is Dean Ambrose. Kofi would be a good um, addition to uh, the interna- Intercontinental title. Uh, grouping i don't see the new day coming back and doing a bunch of tag stuff anytime in the near future um, um i don't know i feel like if they stay on raw i think they're gonna be a big part of that tag team division that's suddenly been bolstered with two huge additions yeah no i just the only reason why i would say that is you can have them do the tag team thing mm. as well and just have some matches but they can also try and be fighting doing their own thing because it's is that that point? They haven't done it yet. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, the real question is when they're going to let one of the New Day really be part of a singles program. I mean, the New Day as a faction can all be like in it on it, but like, yeah, when it's like based that, around a singles title. That's something that you don't see a whole lot of right now. Is like factions that try to do a little bit of everything. If you know, the New yeah. Day end up on SmackDown, I would give Kofi good odds at winning Money in the Bank. Because the yeah. New Day have said that one of their goals as a group is to get Kofi the world title. And yeah. Kofi is a ladder match guy. Yeah, he's the kind of guy that could have you use the money in the bank to get the title and have a short reign. Yeah, um, a really short reign, really. Yeah, and and he is one of those guys that he's been around for so long that they might give it to him as like a. I don't. I don't necessarily like the title being given out as a reward, but with the money in the bank, you can kind of use it that way because then it doesn't hurt the title. Also, one of the guys from the New Day having. Um, the money in the bank's briefcase oh that's such a good gimmick like people have been talking yeah. about that since the new day became such a big hit that they should win money in the bank one of them should yeah that'd um, be fun yeah but yeah so do you have anyone who you think would be uh, we talked about Dean we talked about Charlotte um I don't want AJ to move he's not um, going to we thought about Roman moving it doesn't look like they will cause he's supposed to be in the main event of the next Raw pay-per-view um Kevin Owens and Dean D- Ambrose swap, um, I think would be good. Wait, Although well, if Sami Zayn yeah. goes too, I think they should be on separate brands to try and make that matchup special again because they've run it into the ground. In the, I think Sami Zayn should go to SmackDown and because Sami Zayn has already had a great match against Nakamura, know that they can go. That's true. They'd and be another like, guy. You have, like, you imagine this like top three picture on SmackDown because Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. as much as they've made it seem like he's not going to be a top guy, mm-hmm. he just fits into a really good top three picture with Nakamura, AJ Styles, and Sami Zayn all together. That yeah, those are your, uh, assuming Dean Ambrose leaves, those yeah. are the top three babyfaces. If if Ambrose is there, Ambrose is above Zayn in the babyface backing order, unless Ambrose turns heel, but, you which know, he could. And they could have some great Fatal Four Way matches. Uh, well, Ambrose I mean, or- Orton has the title, remember? And John Cena's going to come back sometime, eventually, probably. Yeah, Although it's going to be a long they time. Can make a, make a Bray Wyatt's got to be in there, too. Yeah, I know. They, well, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out, I agree. Um, the Miz gets to be involved with things again. 
That's true. Yeah, well, the Miz is going to be wanting world title shots soon. Well, he's, know, he especially his, off he his service. big uh, Miz versus Orton feud. Matches will be boring as hell, but the... So, the people on the internet want Miz versus Orton for some reason, and I'm like, why? Why would you want the match that? match will be boring, but the Miz is coming off of really hot promos. Oh, the Miz, yeah. The Miz... And he can, he can just he can, make fun he can, of He can Orton. shoot on Randy Orton. He's, it's so funny that Miz's latest gimmick is that he shoots on people. His gimmick is... He's CM Punk. Yeah. He has CM Punk's gimmick. But he can be like... Somehow. Oh, I'm a snake. And Maurice it's can come It's actually out. funny because they're doing what they want to do with CM Punk, which is have a heel that like says all the things the smart fans say, except that... CM Punk was obviously the babyface in all his feuds because everyone loved him so much. The funny thing so now they just made Miz CM Punk and everyone hates the Miz. But the, even that's not working because he got cheered at WrestleMania. Sorry. The funny thing too is the way that you know how Miz's coat comes out. Mm. It looks like um, the guy from uh, GI Joe Cobra. And him again. I thought he was like Undertaker at that one yeah. WrestleMania. <laughs> but like, still, like you can make him like Attitude Era Undertaker. Yeah, that's true. But anyways, I don't know. We'll see what goes what goes on going. Yeah, forward. that's that's pretty much our recap of, of WrestleMania weekend. Oh shit, uh, we didn't do any indie stuff. Well, just quickly, Keith Lee, Baskin Keith is glory, Lee. MVP of the weekend. We talked about it at the start. We did briefly, but like he had, I think I saw him in six different matches this a weekend. A lot of those guys fought six different matches. Like this yeah, Elgin had like eleven, but like a lot of them weren't on. They didn't all have six matches on pay per view yeah. or on Flow Slam or whatever. I saw Keith Lee versus Ricochet, Leo Rush, Donovan Dijak. In that four-way at the WWN show, against and against Jeff Cobb, so five different matches, four singles matches. All of the singles matches were great. The multi-man match was fine too. Ricochet, I think, is versus Ricochet won my match of the weekend. Versus Dijak is a match other people have as their match of the weekend. Check out Keith Lee if you can. Also, Ethan Page versus Darby Allen at Evolve eighty one in the main event. This crazy hardcore match, a lot of fun. Yep. I think that's all for us today, though. Uh, thank yep. you to our sponsors. Find us on Twitter, at Hops and Drops. Uh, Facebook, Hops and Elbow Drops. Like, rate and review on iTunes if you can. It's a big help. We love you guys so much. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>